Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and for the next three days, we're going to be taking up a study of angels, and today we're going to talk about Jesus Christ has actually appeared as an angel throughout history. I want to tell you one thing, by the end of this broadcast, you'll be smarter then than you are now. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again to Student of the Word. And I do want to welcome those that are new viewers, those that are older viewers. I'm not talking about age, I'm just talking about the amount of time you've been watching the broadcast. But also, on the other hand, just those who, you know, watch once in a while, thank you and welcome back to the program. And uh, across the country, want to welcome those on the East Coast, want to welcome those in the middle part of the country, and also those on the West Coast. And it hasn't been as long as we've been ministering to you that this has come across. So again, thank you so much. Every one of you guys are a blessing. Thank you for just being part of this broadcast, but also part of my life. You know, you've joined me. In fact, I don't think we'll know till we get to heaven how we were joined in the Spirit, in our hearts to each other, which is the greatest connection of all. You know, when a man and a woman fall in love, it's not, first of all, just by outward sight. I mean, they've seen each other from outward sight, but all of a sudden they get to know the person on the inside. That's how that connection begins. You know me inside. I know you inside because of this one connection I have with you, and that is we're both interested in the same thing, not just seeing get people saved. But no, also seeing people come to that full understanding of the word of God. What the Bible says, we're to pray for those that are king, the kings and all that have authority over us for two things. Number one, that they would be saved. And number two, come to the full knowledge of the truth. That is the Great Commission. We are to pray the Great Commission over those that are in government. But also, that's our mission in life, to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. That's the part that God has given me, and I trust that's the part that connects you to me, is we believe what the nation needs is not just more Christians, more stable Christians, those with answers, those that will not back down to the uh, pressures of the world today. Why don't you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22. We're going to be taking up for the next three days a study on the angels and uh, what the Word of God has to say about angels. Man, there's been so many times I've had people tell me as I start to teach on this, Pastor, I actually saw an angel, and an angel helped me through something one time. And I'll get into some of the stories about that in just a moment I've heard from other people. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22 says this, You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. The masses of angels are really in heaven. Although there are huge numbers here on the earth, the masses of them are in heaven and they cannot even be numbered. Now, maybe God, I mean, sure, I'm sure God knows. He probably could just rattle it off real quick, but we couldn't. In other words, the numbers would be staggering to us. Angels, again, are beyond number. Angels in heaven gather around God's throne. We have it here in this verse of scripture. We've come to Mount Zion. That's literally the, he the heaven of where J Jesus Christ is, God the Father, and uh, they're there. But to the city of the living God, and this Mount Zion represents the central part of heaven itself. Revelation 5 and verse 11 says the same thing. I beheld and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the beasts and elders, the number of them were 10,000 times, 10,000s and thousands of thousands. Again, we come back to it. You just can't number them all. Let me give you some of the strength that, that an angel can have. Uh, we're told in the word of God that, that an angel could have come and saved Jesus Christ. We're told in the word of God, an angel came one night and destroyed so many armies and stuff. That's the power of one angel. Can you imagine putting all these together and the power that they have given to them by God himself? 
To be honest with you, angels predate man. Job chapter 38 and verse seven tells us this. And God simply said to him, where were you and I created? You know, the, the angels, the sons of God, they sang for joy. Well, that was long before man was here. In fact, angels were already here before Adam and Eve were placed on the earth. So God has made them literally in ages past. We don't know when, but they predate man. And uh, the beauty of it is, is they are an incredible, intelligent uh, species and also ranking among what God has made uh, in the universe. And we're going to take a, take a look at them because today we're going to be taking a look at five different ranks of angels found in the Word of God, leading on up to the one who really is not an angel, but takes on the form of an angel at times, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Let's take a look at the five ranks of angels. The highest ranking angels in heaven are cherubim. We'll start at the top and work our way down to those rank and file angels that are around us every single day, that, that protect us here on the earth. So the cherubim are the first ones. They're called Individually, they're called cherubs. But uh, looking at the uh, sum total of them, they're cherubim. The cherubim have two wings. They are the ones that stay closest to the holiness of God. And Jesus Christ and God the Father are the ones who dwell between the cherubim. So as they sit on the throne, there are cherubim around each side of them. They're the first angels mentioned in the word of God. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24 tells us that they were placed to guard the tree of life after the fall of Adam and Eve. And so angels weren't mentioned before that time. Now they are. And again, the very first case, the very first angels mentioned and the first job they had was to protect and guard. This is what they do around the throne of God. They're not there to guard him from Satan and all that. They are just there because they are there to protect or literally to watch over the holiness of God and again, they are the first ones mentioned in the Bible, but also the ones that are closest to God himself. I think that's interesting. Even in the fall, God placed the highest ranking angels there to guard the tree of life, but also to watch over because they were concerned uh, not just to let Adam and Eve not get near the tree of life, the reason why was this was not a bad thing. We don't want you near the tree of life. No, no, no. If they would have eaten from the tree of life, they would have lived forever in a fallen condition. I mean, that that's terrible. At least we can look at some leaders today and leaders in the past and think, thank God Hitler's gone. I mean, thank God he didn't live forever. Can you imagine if evil people live forever? No, there comes like almost a cleansing as they are, as they die off and new people come along and that, uh, you know, you can't just pick up where Hitler left off. You have to learn all over again what he did to go on beyond him. This is again a process where God has put in the earth to keep the earth going so that evil, wicked people can't just live on and on and on. You say, well, what about good people? Well, they, they'll live on and on as far as God's concerned in heaven and uh, those that have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. But again, on the other hand here, there's always a cleansing process going on the earth and really kind of physical death is good in this earth to help wipe out a lot of that evil so that we can have a chance to start over again. First angels again mentioned placed around the tree of life to guard the tree of life, Genesis 3.24. Two were carved out of gold and placed on top of the ark. Their wingtips touched over the mercy seat, and this is found in Exodus chapter 25. These two watched over the holiness of God, and these two angels represented the holiness of God, the righteousness of God. Both were satisfied as they looked down. Their wingtips just touched on the top of the ark made out of gold, but their wingtips touched just over the place where the blood was sprinkled on in the holy of holies and on this, the mercy seat that was there. And as they witnessed the drop of blood being placed there because it was a sprinkling of blood. It wasn't a pouring of blood, a sprinkling of blood. When they saw the sprinkling of blood, both sides of God were satisfied. His holiness and his righteousness were both satisfied 
on the cross. And this is found in Exodus chapter 25. The blood of the sacrifice again was sprinkled on the mercy seat and God's presence abides between the cherub. Second Kings chapter 19 and verse 15 qualifies this as well as First Chronicles chapter 13 and verse six, that God's presence is there, but surrounded by the cherubs who protect. In other words, there's no way for demons to interrupt. There's no way for Satan to interrupt. And of course we know that they, that, uh, they don't abide in heaven, but Satan does have a presence momentarily around the throne of God when he comes to accuse us. This is found uh, in the New Testament. Romans chapter eight tells us that, that when he comes, our great high priest and also our advocate, Jesus Christ fights for us at that time. And so this is brought out there. So again, God's presence abides between the cherub. Next of all, they guard the throne of God. Ezekiel chapter 10 verses one through five tells us this. I'm just giving you all these verses because you know what? I want you to go and study this for yourself. Not the fact that I'm just teaching it to you, but this must be something where you can go and dig into scriptures for yourself. And again, find this out. They guard the throne of God. Ezekiel chapter 10 verses one through five. Here's an interesting thing. They are the highest ranking angels, that is cherubs, but the highest ranking cherub, in other words, the highest ranking of the highest ranking angels was Lucifer. Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 14 calls him the anointed cherub who covers. The word covering there simply means he governed over all of them and he was not really the cherub. He was the highest anointed cherub to all of them. He was just under the Godhead. There was the father, there was the son, there was the Holy Spirit, and then there was Lucifer. And again, Lucifer was the highest ranking cherub of all. So when he fell, Basically what happened was, is that the uh, cherub lost their leader. And uh, in that time when he did, he's the one who rose up and he was, since he was right under God, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, I'm sure he looked at that with great, uh, you know, with great anticipation or just great anger. And there's he thought about a day when he could finally overthrow God. He tried and of course he failed. The good news is he can't do anything God doesn't know is coming. God didn't make him do that, but God saw it coming. God already had an answer that ought to make you happy. There's nothing you can do that's evil or wicked or something that God didn't see coming and has a way around it. In other words, if you sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, but the forgiveness of sins was there before you sinned. So that's the good thing about it. We might look at, at Lucifer and think he was planning all this and you know God knew it was coming but didn't stop it. The point of it is, if you sin, God doesn't stop it, but he has an answer for you on the other side. In other words, God didn't want you to sin, but you can learn something out of that. I mean, you can take a look at that and you know what? I learned something, don't do it again. And I also learned something about the goodness of God. And that was when I did sin. Thank God he was there to forgive me. Thank God Jesus was there as my advocate. Thank God Jesus is there so that when I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me. So we find out there, even with a righteous angel who sinned, God had an answer. In our life, we who are righteous, if we do sin, God has an answer. So it simply comes back to this. We haven't sinned anywhere near what that uh, Lucifer did when he tried to overthrow God. So if God could, could take that and turn that situation around, and Lucifer was not repentant, Lucifer did not change, and Lucifer has not changed today and will never change. 
And so again, that was Ezekiel 28 and verse 14, the anointed cherub who covers. And so we're going to take up the seraphim right now, but I'll probably, I'll probably just wait till halftime. We'll come back after that and do that. But again, I want to just admonish you, those of you who are my uh, ones that stand with me, you are the ones who are my partners in this ministry. I appreciate it. Couldn't do this without you. Couldn't do much at all without you. God puts a call on my heart. God puts the anointing on my heart. God gives messages to me, but you know what? You're the one that make it possible as far as the natural side. God makes the spiritual side. You're the one that come along with finances and help. Because listen, God's not making any money in heaven. It's down here on this earth. Even when God gives, he gives through men. Transfer of wealth from somebody to, to my ministry. I transfer it to those who record this, those who put it on the air. And this whole process goes on and on and on. And I want to thank you. Those of you who've been with me for from the time I started, I mean, back in 2013, when I first got into all this, those who started with that time and have been here all this time, thank you. For those who have joined in the meantime, thank you. It simply comes back to this. We have a family that keeps increasing, partners that just keep increasing in number. If you'd like to join them and be a partner with me, go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there on our website. On the face page, it simply says how you can become a partner. And I want to thank you in advance. You are such a blessing. And to know that you are with me just warms my heart every day and I thank God for you. I'll see you right after the break. Do angels really exist today? What is their purpose? How do they appear in the earth? What about demons? Where did they come from? Are they fallen angels? And can they actually possess a person? In 15 audio lessons on angels and demons flash drive, Bob Yandian teaches what the Bible has to say in a comprehensive topical study of angels and demons. Lesson series include Angels, God's Messengers, A Study of Angels, The Christian and Demons, and A Study of Demons. MP3 audio files can be played on computers, MP3 players, smartphones, tablets, iPads, and iPhones, as well as car audio systems equipped with a USB port. To order Angels and Demons, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership.
Welcome back again to our study of angels. The first one we took up was the cherubs, the cherubim, and they are the highest ranking angels in heaven. And Satan, Lucifer, before he became Satan, was the highest ranking of the cherubs. He was called the anointed cherub who rules and reigns over all others. And so if he ruled over the cherub, who were the highest ranking angels, he ruled over the seraphim. He ruled over the, the rank and file angels we have here on the earth. We're going to talk about five different levels of angels. He ruled over all all of him just under the Godhead himself. And so Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then, then Lucifer was right next after that and ruling over all the angels. He was the highest ranking created being in the universe. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were never created. They were always here, but he was. And so again, we found out he fell. And let's take a look at the second level. We'll come back to the fall of Lucifer here later. In the second highest ranking level is seraphim. Under the cherubim, we have the seraphim. And the seraphim, their permanent home is in heaven. They don't come to earth. The cherubs really don't come to earth. You know, the uh, although Satan himself is now here, but he's a fallen cherub. He's a fallen angel. But the seraphim, their permanent home is in heaven. And unlike the uh, cherubims before this who have two wings, they have six wings. They're found in Isaiah chapter six and verse two, and they fly through heaven continually. And the reason they have six wings is this. The Bible says with two wings, they cover their eyes. With two, they cover their feet. And with the other two, they fly. And so this is, again, it comes back to it that they, that they, they're really just saying, God is so holy. I'm a created being. I have a hard time looking at him. I keep even looking at him here in heaven. So they cover their eyes, their feet. They don't even have, they basically are saying, I don't have the worthiness to even walk into the presence of God. And so they fly throughout heaven. And the main thing they do is keep announcing the holiness of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And that's again found in Isaiah chapter six and verse two and also verse three of Isaiah 6, because it says they fly throughout heaven, announcing continually the holiness of God. Number three is Archangel. There's only one. His name is Michael. So Michael is called in Jude 9, the Archangel, not an Archangel, the Archangel. And this is one who rules over angels. I don't know if he took Lucifer's place back there in that time. I just don't know. But he's just simply called the archangel. And arch in the Greek language means the highest ranking. So here we have Michael, and he is an he is a companion of Gabriel, although Gabriel is not said to be an archangel. But again, Michael is called the archangel. A great warrior of God comes to fight and apparently he's a messenger angel, but also a warrior angel. Let's talk about him for just a moment. He's found in Jude verse 9, but also Daniel chapter 8 and verse 16, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 21, and Luke chapter 1 verses 19 and verse 26 simply says this, that he comes to earth to bring messages to mankind, but also is one who fights on his way down with principalities and powers because of the power and the rank that God is given to him. Gabriel, again, is not said to be an archangel, but a companion of Michael. That's found in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 13. Apparently, he's a messenger angel, one of the chief princes from God, and these two work together. A lot of times where you find God, Gabriel will find Michael, but they're on different levels. I don't know exactly what to call them. I do know that Michael is the archangel, but Gabriel, I don't know. He's just simply, like I said, a messenger angel. He's been sent throughout the word of God to bring a message from God and bring it to mankind, or he could be one of those that are called the chief princes of the Old Testament. 
And so Michael has angels under him. And that's why, again, that's why I say he could have replaced uh, Lucifer. I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't specifically say that, but he is called there in the word of God. He is called Michael and his angels. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7 describes this. Number four, let's go back again over these. Uh, number one was the cherubim. Number two was the seraphim. Number three is the archangel. That's Michael. Number four is called chief princes. Gabriel is their leader in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 13. So he leads the chief princes. He's a messenger angel. Gabriel is, who remains in the presence of God until given an assignment. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 19, this is where he comes to speak to Mary to tell her that she's going to, uh, she will be pregnant by the Holy Spirit and that which will come from her will be the Messiah. And in Luke 1, 19, he says, I am Gabriel who stand in the presence of God. I'm sent to speak to you and to show you glad tidings in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. He is sent and signified it by his own angel to his servant, John. And so Gabriel comes there. We find again one very important message. Notice this, announcing Messiah is going to be born and announcing to the woman Mary, she is going to be the uh, the natural mother of the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1, and that is God sends his great book to us, the book of Revelation and appears to John to tell him he's going to write this. Number five, we have the host of angels. This is the army of angels. This is the rank and file angels that are in the earth. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22 also tells us they are innumerable. Now these have no wings. I'm sorry, but not all angels have wings. Let me tell you something else too, okay? There are no female angels. I'm sorry to tell you this, you know, and I'm sure some of you women are going to get upset, but think about this, women. Would you like to have, you know, a gigantic nine-foot hefty man protecting you, or would you rather have a woman protecting you? In this particular, I know some of you women are already saying, I'd rather have a woman protect me. Well, I'll put it this way. This angel, this, that they are a part of the host of angels, these are incredibly powerful angels. They're the ones that was spoken of with Jesus. He could have called legions of angels. And one angel has the power of presence also to destroy lots and lots of this earth. So with all those angels, Jesus could have easily annihilated the earth, but he didn't do so. So again, they are innumerable, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22, but also they have no wings. Now, how do you know that, Pastor Bob? How do you know they have no wings? Does the Bible actually say that? No, but it says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2, of these rank and file angels that are here on this earth, they have the ability to show themselves as human beings and have throughout the word of God. And guess what? No one knew at the moment they were angels, except for maybe the man or woman of God that saw them there and recognized them as angels. But otherwise, human beings on this earth didn't recognize it. They're called in Hebrews 13 and verse 2, and they, we entertain angels unawares. You know what that means? If they had wings, we would be aware they were angels. But if they're unawares, we don't see them as any different than mankind around us. They always present here on this earth among men. Second Kings chapter six and verse 17, Elisha's servant Gehazi saw them out there and simply pointed out, I saw an army out there surrounding the other armies. And this is what, again, Elisha wanted him to see. So they are present among men at all times. And that is our, and in other words, when the Bible says greater is he that's, with, uh, in a, he that's for us than he that is against us, he's also referring not only to Jesus Christ, but the amount of 
protection we have around us that this hosts of angels, the rank and file angels or the armies of angels that are here on this earth are sent to protect us and they remain on this earth. Now they may be able to transfer to heaven to get something from God, a word from him to bring back to us, but the present role is to minister to believers on the earth. Hebrews chapter one, verse 13 and 14 says this, from God to us. It says in verse 13, but to which of the angels did he say at any time, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? The answer is zero. Only one was spoken to. He's not an angel. He is the second member of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And when Jesus arose into heaven in a resurrection body, he sat beside God the Father at his invitation. And there it's quoted from Psalm 110, verse one, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Verse 14 goes on to describe what the angels are around us. Are they not all ministering spirits sent to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? We are the heirs of salvation and angels surround us to protect us. I've had so many stories of ministers who saw God. I had one lady tell me, a teacher and she was traveling, it snowed so crazy in the church she was in. She got out and she was having to go to a next town beyond this and the airport was shut. She didn't know what to do exactly. So she decided to try to call a cab. They said, we can't drive in this, the snow's up to here. And so she didn't know what to do exactly. Was standing outside when suddenly there was a, a, a limo that pulled up outside and told her to get in. She said, what is this? And she looked up there, there's a guy driving it. And she said, where are we going? He said, to the train station. There's a train that's gonna be leaving. She said, really? And he said, yes. And she said, how did you know about me? And got no answer. This guy, this guy just took her to the train station. She got to the train station and she said that man inside looked at her and went like this. She said she went inside and said, I understand there's a train going to this particular place I'm going to. And they said, no. They said, but across the street, there may be a bus. And so she walked across there. This guy that took her to the train station, uh, you know, brought her right, and the bus station was across the road. She went across over there and she went in and said, is there any bus? They said, are you kidding? There's no trains going, there's no buses going, nothing like that anywhere. And so she said, as she was standing, this man that drove her there walked up beside her, tapped her on the shoulder and said, it's leaving from that place right over there. So she walked across inside the bus station to a desk and found out, yes, there was one leaving. So she got on the bus and was leaving. As she was leaving town, she thought, this is nuts. Nothing's going out of this town except for this one bus. And this one guy keeps appearing, telling me these buses are going. And she said, as they pulled out, she looked over on the sidewalk and there was this guy just waving at her, just like this. That bus drove all the way to the town she was going to. She made it in time for her next meeting. But as she drove into town, she said, as they were pulling into the bus station, there was that man again, waving like this. And he went like this. And she thought, he's trying to give me a message. What's he trying to say? And she said, wait a minute, message, he's a messenger. He's an angel It suddenly struck her. She'd been watched over by an angel all this time. The last one is the angel of the Lord. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Angels can appear as men. And Jesus Christ has appeared briefly, many times as an angel called the angel of the Lord. He's not an angel, but he's appeared as an angel. 
Genesis chapter 16 and verse seven, Hagar saw him and she called him God. She said, you God see me. He appeared to Abraham in Genesis 19 and verse one and Abraham bowed down before him. He came with two other angels, except this was Jesus Christ appearing as an angel. And he said, shall not the judge of all the earth do right in 1825 of Genesis. Here we have again, Jesus Christ appearing. And next of all, he stopped Abraham from slaying, slaying Isaac. Call the place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. Genesis 22 and verse 14. Gideon saw him and called him Adonai, another name for the Lord himself. This is found in Judges chapter six and verse 15. Samson's parents met him when he announced that they were going to have a child and they asked for the, for the angel's name. And he said, my name is Secret. Well, it looks like that, but in the Hebrew it's the word Pele and the word means wonderful. Another name for the Lord Jesus Christ, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Judges 13, 18, that's where that's found. And finally, Joshua chapter five and verse 14, he's called the Captain of the Lord's Host. So he's come many times when he came to redeem us, he came and never left. He's kept that body ever since and never appeared as the angel of the Lord again. Why appears the angel of the Lord when we have our Redeemer in a resurrected body? See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.